Tom and Mike. Young, young Thomas. Young, 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 young. <laughs> Young, 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 Thomas, that would be me. Come on, I want you to sing me a jingle. Sing my praises, young Michael. Come on. I just want to know what your youth secret is. How do you stay so looking so young? What do you do? Have you seen those commercials for that uh, stuff you put on your lines to make them disappear? Yes. I'm doing that quite often. There you go. Well, listen to this story, my friend. This woman suffered a brain injury after being hit by a school bus in 1991. And she woke up from a 27-year-old coma this week after she heard her son arguing in her hospital room. Is she totally normal now? Well, she's able to communicate in a reasonable manner, but still needs regular therapy to treat issues with her muscles. Because, like, you know, when you lay in bed for 27 years your muscles kind of atrophy, right? Right. She still thinks Bill Clinton's president, right? <laughs> Here's what she's missed in her 27 years. The collapse of the Soviet Union, the internet being launched, the OJ trial, 9-11, the death of Princess Di, the invasion of Iraq, bin Laden being killed, and the big orange being elected. The big orange. <laughs> you know what she didn't miss, though? What? The Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl. Never miss that, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Can you imagine that hospital? Oh, you know, I laugh, but it you really cry. is like pouring salt in the wound and laughing. You know, once you realize it starts to sting, you know, it's not so funny. Well, man, <laughs> it could ha- everything could change. <laughs> Things could turn around any moment. You never know. Well, think about this. You're 32 years old when this happens, and now you wake up, you're almost 60. I mean, what do you think would be the biggest shock after 27 years? How everybody's walking around with these <laughs> communication devices, and I'm not sure exactly what that is, right? <laughs> she somebody took a selfie with her right away. How about if somebody tried to explain the Kardashians to her? Yeah, that would be impossible. Or one of the Housewives TV shows or <laughs> yeah, any that, kind of reality show, like the one everybody's living through right now. I wonder if the aging process, it didn't talk about this, but I wonder if the aging process ceases and slows down a lot when you're in a coma. Because after all, you know, you always say you look better after a good night's sleep, right? <laughs> well, I don't know about that one. <laughs> and forget that. I want to know what that son's argument was about in that hospital room, because he can come over to my house and wake my wife up sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. You know, I've been a food coma survivor survivor a couple times. You ever been in a food coma? Oh, yes. Many times. (laughs) Sit down with a half a gallon of ice cream and finish that baby. And then you go and sit on the couch and pass out. Uh, You know what she was really upset about? She had front row tickets to a Nirvana concert. Never got to use them. No. Nope. 1991, (laughs) baby. They were big, weren't they? Yeah. You'd start looking at the automobiles on the road. That's true. And you go, wow, when did cars stop being so boxy? (laughs) I thought they'd be flying by now, huh? Yeah, really. Tom and Mike. So, Thomas, in Arkansas, a wife, 69 years old, shoots and kills her husband after finding out he added porn channel to their TV package. She had previously canceled the X-rated option twice before, I guess three times a charm, right? Yeah. (laughs) She pleaded not guilty. Her attorney said she snapped because pornography is a personal affront to her and her God. I'm guessing she didn't get off, but he did. (laughs) Tom and Mike. So, you know, Elon Musk is, right? Yes. He's the guy that... uh, Head of Tesla. He's got SpaceX. Right. He's the visionary. He's the visionary. And he also has that one I don't think is ever going to get off the ground where he wants to put people in cars and tubes underground. 
and you go from LA to San Francisco in like 15 minutes, vacuum packed, right? Right. I like that idea. I do too, but I don't know if I'd ever get in a tube like that. It was born at the department store 50 years ago, right? (laughs) Right. Well, now he's shooting a little bit lower. He wants to develop a quiet electric leaf blower. (laughs) He wants to develop. (laughs) He's shooting a little bit lower, I'd say Believe me, pal, if he can come up with this, he's going to win a Nobel Prize because there's nothing worse on a Saturday morning than hearing that wah of a leaf blower. Do you agree? I agree. But don't you just electrify it? I mean, that would solve all the loud issues, don't you think? Well, his technicians are going to work on that. You know, it's not clear what prompted this announcement, but some speculate that Musk must have been annoyed by a particularly loud leaf blower one Saturday morning. And they forgot to mention it'll probably cost 16000 and need 17 hours to recharge. But hey, that's another thing. I'm old enough to remember the rake. Quiet, efficient, relaxing. They're the good old days, right? You know, I'm old enough to remember when I was just a child and the stick. (laughs) I used to love playing with the stick. (laughs) Well, that stick didn't pick up many rakes unless it had a fork on it, right? That's right. You've always told me this. If you ever use a leaf blower as a hairdryer, you might be a redneck, right? Yeah, you could be a redneck. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. If hard work equals (laughs) success, (laughs) you know, if hard work equals success, this country would be run by the Mexicans with leaf blowers, wouldn't it? Yes, I know what they say every time they get out of their trucks at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. Oh, you're trying to sleep? Let me play the song of my people. <laughs> How does that go again? <laughs> I like it. Oh, it's loud. I say, why not put two of these leaf blowers together and make an air-powered jetpack? That's what we need, right? Ah, <laughs> now I know where that guy in that Avengers movie, that Robert Downey Jr., what's his name, Tony Stark, where right. he got his idea there. That's a great idea. I want to fly. I want to fly. Yeah, whatever happened to those jetpacks? I was know, supposed you used to-, to ask me that all the time. Whatever happened to those jetpacks? I was a little kid. I wanted to be Flash Gordon or Tony Stark. And now, where's the jetpack? Hey, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> instead of the uh, drone, put me in a jetpack. I'll make your deliveries. That sounds like fun, don't you think? Oh, baby. Tom and Mike. In New Mexico the other day, a man walked into an unlocked house, took the car keys, put them in his pocket, went into the kitchen. The woman heard the commotion, comes downstairs to see a man wiping her down her countertop and putting a baked potato in her microwave. When she told him to leave, he walked outside and started raking leaves in her front yard. Is that a strange story? That's my kind of thief. <laughs> if someone raked my yard, I'd throw in a steak with that baked potato. Oh, absolutely. Sounds like he was more baked than the potato. <laughs> Cops called this a break, bacon, rake. How about that? A break, bacon, rake? That's right. I guess now he's on the make. <laughs> How messy was that yard that someone said, screw robbing this house. They need help. His attorney already said he was low on potassium. He didn't know what he was doing. You know, potatoes are rich in potassium. You knew that, didn't you? Yeah. Should have had a few bananas laying around there. <laughs> Just in case you got a guy breaking in low on potassium. <laughs> but there's all these stories about people breaking into houses and doing strange things like taking a shower sitting nude on a couch. I mean, that just shows you what the mental institutions are packed at the gills and we're allowing these people to walk the streets. It's kind of scary, isn't it? You know, a long time ago, and we don't want to get political, but there was one particular president who said, you know, the government needs to stop supporting all these mental patients. Let's just set them all free. Who was that? It was Reagan. Was it really? Yeah. 
The great communicator himself? Yeah. The federal government used to uh, give support. And maybe it's improved since then. I have no idea. I don't think so. But the federal government, there was a line budget item for, you know, taking care of people with mental issues. And so that went away and they all went on the street and the homeless rate went way up and you have situations like this. It's crazy. I just read the other day that San Francisco, this is really strange, kind of gross too. People pooping in the street has gone up like 100% over the last couple of years. Did you hear about that? No, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, we've got a long way to go in this country and a lot of different things. But I'll tell you one thing that a lot of people are talking about right now that I really don't go for. How do you feel about reparations? I think we could do it different ways. You know, I say if they can prove that their family had been affected, I say give them breaks into getting to college and things like that. But you can't give them money after all these years, right? I don't think so. No, I don't think most logical people, even the most liberal people, would feel that way. Because it's been so many years. You know, let's give them breaks in other ways, like you know, affirmative action, things like that, I think are good. But no. It's you, just more government overreach. Right. I don't think there's too many people calling for that. There are. Uh, well, there's three or four people that are more, you know, to the far left. A lot of the young people, like, like I saw a survey taken on uh, one of the college campuses and something like 75% of, you know, people in this Gen Y right. demo, they believe that we should be giving money to. Where's all this money coming from? Uh, we're going to print it, baby. But they're young, Thomas. They're young. They're in college. They're learning. Their brains aren't completely formed yet. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe they're low on potassium. Yes. Tom and Mike. If I said the name Anne Boleyn, do you know who that is? Yeah. How do I know that name? She was one of Henry VIII's many wives. And Henry was a little bit of a weirdo. He had a lot of his wives. He didn't, he didn't divorce them. He chopped their heads off. Right. And she was Queen of England for three years, from 1533 to 1536. And this story has been going on for years and years and years. Onlookers claim that after her head was locked off, the executioner picked up the head and smacked her cheeks. And she apparently tried to speak after being beheaded and had an angry expression on her face. I want to know which cheeks he slapped. Well, one can assume the face. <laughs> because it seems like... That other part would be down in the gutter, right? That's right. <laughs> well, scientists have been looking at this, and they say the brain and all the structures need oxygen to function. And once the blood vessels in the neck are severed, the oxygen supply is halted. That means the oxygen remains in the blood and tissues for a certain amount of time, but not very much. But it is feasible. I'm guessing maybe she gave the guy a little wink. Maybe that, huh? Right before the head rolled? Right. <laughs> so is that how that term came to be, heads are going to roll? Yep. You know, I always thought the proper term should be de-headed, not beheaded. It seems like it would be putting a head on someone rather than taking it off. Wouldn't you think that? Deheading. Right. You have a good point. Obviously, you've thought about this quite a bit. <laughs> and if you've ever cleaned a fish, and I know you have, you know they aren't trying to talk to you either, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no. I say we should bring back the guillotine, although in today's politically correct world, We'd have to have a safety cancel. You'd have to wear helmets for protection once the head falls off and hits the ground, right? OSHA. <laughs> you remember Marie Antoinette? Yes. Her head was chopped off too. Okay. Misunderstood woman. That Her last words weren't let them eat cake. It was let them eat cake and ice cream. I said ice cream too. <laughs> oh, man. And all those guys getting their heads chopped off. I'm sure their last words were to the guy next to him. This is exactly why I don't tell political jokes anymore. 
Amen. Those English were tough. You know, they used to always do weird things like, remember draw and quartering? What? What? Didn't you ever hear draw and quartering somebody? They hook someone up to two horses and have them pull in different directions. And nowadays that's known as the Khashoggi. That's right. Oh, you rotten man, you. Tom and Mike. You ready for this one, Thomas? Okay. A fugitive on the lam for 10 years has just turned himself into authorities because he was fed up with living in paradise. This guy escaped from a prison in Austria in 2008, and he went to a place called Santa Cruz Tenerife in the Canary Islands. Police said he told them he wanted to return home because Tenerife is not as nice as it used to be, and he's lived long enough. You know what they say, one man's tropical paradise is another man's empty bank account, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence surrounding an Austrian prison. Mm-hmm. You know, not to get too deep, but isn't prison in our own minds? Yeah, and the quest for freedom is always within us, except if you were Brooks and Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Brooks? You don't yes, remember I, him? Yep. Yeah, some people can't handle freedom. Well, look, if Adam and Eve couldn't make it in paradise, how the hell am I going to make it in paradise, right? That's true. You know, just stay away from the apples. And listen to this. When he goes back to Austria, he won't get additional time because it's not illegal to escape from prison in Austria. It's not? No. He tells the people he read his horoscope that day, and it says, the moon is in your sign, highlights change, make a clean break, and try to get out in the sunshine more. That's why he left, Thomas. Now, have you ever in your long, lovely life, or not long, but young, lovely life, have you ever been to somewhere you consider paradise? That is a really good question. And I know you and Karen have been to the islands, yeah, right? Yeah, the Virgin Islands. And didn't say you were Aruba? Yeah, loved Aruba. But a place like paradise, don't you kind of think we get little glimpses of paradise here and there? You know, there's the newness of springtime. Then you hear a leaf blower go off. Yeah, exactly. And the cycle of life, you know, I mean, there's glimpses of heaven all around us if we just look for it. Right? But, is it but but if you just go to the definition of paradise, I guess the closest I've ever been to is, you know, I went to Hawaii once and Maui was a little built up by then and high rises and stuff. But we did go to a little secluded island called Molokai, which was really untouched by man. And I guess that's the closest I've ever been to. I've never been to like the islands, like St. John's or Bahamas or St. Martinique or things like that, maybe one day. But I guess Molokai in the Hawaii Islands is the closest I could say. Paradise. Yeah, other than South Philly on a hot summer day. And getting South water, Philly? Getting, <laughs> with a good old cheesesteak in the hand. And a and water a ice in the, other. in the other. No, and a water ice. Water, water ice. Okay. You're a Philadelphian all the way, aren't you? Yes, I am, buddy. A city of brotherly shove. Most underrated city in America. And speaking of being underrated. That's right, pal. What is it? Our right, yeah. podcast? Yeah, our podcast. So underrated. We just got to get more people there so that we can be the next big thing. We are the big thing, And buddy. that's why we are counting on you, John Q. and Merriam Radio Public, to make our podcast a big deal like we know it should be. And the address, Michael? What's this world coming to? Dot com. Tom and Mike.